check, check, mic check. Racing.com, all on board with us. It's the best noon hour motocross, supercross talk show there is in the world. That's right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We're going to take your phone calls, 702-586-PULP, 702-586-7857, about this weekend's supercross in uh, New York slash New Jersey slash East Rutherford. Talk a little bit of 250 series. It's uh, getting down to the wire here for these guys. Two lat rounds left. Talk a little bit about the 450 class. Ryan Dungey is going to clinch this weekend, but maybe Kenny Roxon can win again. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get another idea that the great battle setting up for the outdoors. We appreciate it. Flyracing.com, we're going to give away a podium stand today. And again, like this is the best noon hour motocross talk show out in the history of the world the fly podium bike stand is the best bike stand i've ever seen in my life the way it holds up the bike the way it balances a bike is just phenomenal it's incredible rubber top oh my god it's the greatest ever we're gonna give that away to a random caller lots of talk about this chase format and supercross possibly coming next year I wasted 20 minutes of my life reading the Racer X comments from a three-on-three story we did where we talked about it. It's not it's not uh, stamped that it's coming. I hope it is. I think it is. But it's not for sure coming. And uh, a lot of people don't like it. And I want to hear why. So call up. Let me know. Uh, let's discuss it. I think it's a good thing. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe I'm off and uh, maybe I'm in crazy land. So give us a call. Uh, Fly Racing, the original stretch fabric racewear. Fly Racing's third-generation light hydrogen line. Leads the way in lightweight, minimalist racewear design. With input from Shorty and Canard and these guys, the designers over there created non-restrictive minimalist racewear that eliminates non-essential features and replaces them with a high-end, breathable fabric. The size 34 pant weighs in only 24 ounces, people. Freaking incredible. It's freaking incredible. Uh, N-Fab.com, Jeep, Truck, or SUV parts. Please give them a, ch- give them a check. Give them a call. G- Check out their website if you uh, need something for your Jeep truck or SUV bumps, bumpers, light mounting solutions, uh, um, steps, all that kind of stuff. Official uh, team member of the uh, Toyota TRD guys. These guys make it uh, for TRD, and uh, so they do well there. Of course, uh, n-fab.com, a great sponsors of JGR Yamaha with Barsha and Pike right now and Filthy Phil for the outdoors. And also uh, the Ampro NFAB off-road Yamaha team. they uh big part of that also. So... We thank those guys from NFAB, and we thank Fly Racing. And we thank you for listening, 702-586-7857. Just give us a call, and uh, we've got a few lines open now. We're going to give away Fly Racing Podium bike stand to uh, 
a lucky wiener. Uh, Kyle Chisholm is on the show. We're going to check in with Kyle, see how his recovery is going, see how everything's going, get his thoughts on Supercross itself. Uh, his, and uh, we also have Dan Truman from Get and Athena coming on. And uh, Dan's, uh, of course, on the NFAB Fantasy Moto uh, show a lot. And so we appreciate that. And he, uh, he knows what's going on in the sport. He doesn't go to all the races anymore, but he's a former mechanic. And uh, he's got some pretty good knowledge. So we're pumped to have Dan on. And maybe we'll squeeze in JT, depending on where he's at and what's going on with the world. Um, taking your calls, handling things behind the scenes, dealing with everything, telling me what we're giving away. The Tis Legendary. Hey, Steve. Are you worried about your guy? His podium streak almost ended. I was, it should have ended. I was more worried about that than I was about him not getting the, the W. It should have ended. It I was, thought it was. Uh, I, that would have been sad. I thought it was over. I thought Anderson caught him, passed him. Yeah. He was struggling out there. Not a good showing for the Dunge. Are I you mean, off? I mean, are you he, off the bandwagon? Or <laughs> are you done? You're, just, you're, you're done? One third place. I'm out. No. I was uh, definitely not our best weekend, but uh, we'll regroup and we'll come back fight next week. He's going to clinch this weekend, his third 40 Supercross title. I think there's a very good chance of that. Roxon's good, though. He's surprisingly good. Are you opinion. a little worried about outdoors? We talked about it a little bit last week about how you know he is the favorite, but um, Tomac's looking better. I, I, the bike change. I would, I would say made. my worry level is slightly higher this week than it was last week. <laughs> I'll say that. That's all I wanted to hear. That, yeah. that your worry level, your concern <laughs> level, is a little higher. If there's a concern pie, yeah, it, it's maybe got to gain a couple percent, two, three percent. If there was a concern pie, it was probably around ten percent. No, before it was like in the five to seven percent. Oh, okay. And now, now it's probably close to ten percent. Close to ten percent. Worry. Still concerned. Going strong at ninety <laughs> yeah, percent, but uh, you're still confident. Yeah. Yeah. Just not as right. All right. Well, let's get uh, Kyle Chisholm up on next up, and uh, he's the Rocky Mountain ATV uh, Honda rider, of course. And we haven't heard from him for a while, so let's uh, let's talk to him and see how he's doing. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call. Let us know what you think of the uh, chase format. What you think of New York? What should this thing be called, by the way? If you're from there, call in and tell me. Tell me what we should call this thing. Because Racer X wants to go, Racer X wants to follow the official Supercross people and call it East Rutherford because that is where the stadium is located. That's what they want to do. They want to call it the East Rutherford Supercross. It's in New Jersey. So, New Jersey, it's in the city of New Jersey. So, that works well, New Jersey Supercross. But then the New York Jets and the New York Giants play there. So why can't it be the New York Supercross? It sounds more uh, glamorous if you call it that. So I don't know, bro. Uh, I've heard three different – call it three different things. And uh, I think um, they all got valid reasons, but just let me know what you think. Call in. Let me know. Uh, all right. First up, uh, our next guest, uh, he is um, Rocky Mountain ATV MC Honda rider. He uh, only raced a couple of races this year before hurting his shoulder, among other things, looking to come back for the outdoors. Kyle Chisholm, what's up, Chiz? What's up? How's the, how's the rehab going? How's the injury work coming? And, uh, boy, it sucks. It's just a lot of long hours and, and yeah. tedious stuff, huh? Yeah, it sucks. It, it's going good. I mean, it's coming along slowly. It just... Yeah, it's the first shoulder that I've ever hurt. So, I mean, I think like, not like, not that every injury is the same, but like, I've been like trying to look at I look at Eli, you know, throwing back a lot, and I'm like, now obviously he injured both of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I talked to him a little bit after I hurt my shoulder, but before I had surgery on it, I actually went over and talked to him a little bit about it. You know, since I had never done a shoulder before, and 
it's just like his injuries were a little bit different. I think in one of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I think in his other one he had a rotator cuff, which is what I did. But then like for me, I broke my humerus in a few places, like up in the like up in the ball of my shoulder. So. Yeah. I had a broken humerus, and mine dislocated differently than his. Actually, I think his didn't even dislocate, or the one that was his rotator cuff or whatever. So it's just different. But, yeah, it's just it's a process, you know, and I think not that it's just me, but every rider, anybody that gets hurt, it's like it's such a process and so much work, but you're not racing on the weekend. So, like, you know, it's easy for people to forget about you and think, oh, he's hurt, he's just at home waiting to ride. But it's like I think people, I think at least, like, assume we just like sit at home on the couch and wait for something <laughs> to heal and then right. like we magically show up at the race and that you know whenever it's healed and it's like i swear it's more work when you're hurt than when you're racing you know yeah. like literally a typical day for me is like get up eat breakfast i go do some form of cardio a bike ride a run whatever it is i drive to th- i go to rehab i'm there for a couple hours come home and then eat lunch and then i'm in the gym for a couple hours and then that's pretty much my day and it's like day after day and like rehab on my shoulder is literally every day for a couple hours you know and it's like it's you know when you're healthy and you're racing it's like you're still putting in work you know it's still probably it's just different work Mm -hmm. but then at least on the weekend like you get the reward of racing and like the the work the hard work pays off you know and yeah so you gotta like stay i start to stay focused that the hard work's gonna pay off when i finally do get to go race you know eventually but it's like after you know it's been three months for me now and it's just like man can i just not can I just go ride and go race and whatever, but <laughs> it'll be here soon enough. But yeah, so it's, it's a lot of work to just get back to where you were, just try to get back to normal. You know, aside from trying to progress, you know, yeah. like everybody else is, you know, when they're still racing. So. Yeah, there's no, there's yeah. no fun to be had. No fun. No, not at all. It's painful <laughs> and it's yeah, it sucks. But in a weird way, not that I enjoy being obviously don't enjoy being hurt, but. I enjoyed the challenge, I guess, whatever you want to call it. If I didn't, I wouldn't be working my butt off to try to come back, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or come back quick. It's like every day, you know, I look at it like my job is to be a professional dirt bike rider. And at some times of my career, my my job is racing and riding. And then there's going to be parts like this where it's still my job to, at the end of the day, the job is to race on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But with that is all the preparation and the practice and all that too. So, like, Part of my job right now is just to get my shoulder better so I can get back out and race. I'm like, just every day, wake up, just like somebody that goes to normal work. My my job just isn't at the dirt bike track today. It's in the gym or rehab, whatever, you know, to try to make myself better. So Yeah, the uh, is so. a new, new team for you, the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Honda guys this year. You only got to ride yeah. for them two races, but they're they're backing you for the outdoors. They're going outdoor racing? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So they, they've never done outdoors before. You know, they've been around for a few years now, and it's always only been super cross. Right. And, um, this year, when they contacted me back in the you know during the off season, that was that's one thing that they had told me, which obviously was a good thing for me because I, I want to do outdoors. But they said they wanted to expand and and mm-hmm. do outdoors, you know, for this year. So obviously, I was pumped with that. So um, yeah, so it's that's all set. That's all good to go. The team's been awesome. Um, it was kind of a bummer because everything came together pretty late for me. You know, like I didn't even start riding the Honda until the beginning of December. Right. I only had about you know four weeks on the bike before. Anaheim won, and then uh, we got through Anaheim one. We made it in the main, whatever. But I had struggled with suspension a little bit. I was on Showa with Air Forks, and I had never really, never really spent much time on Air Forks before. And not that I don't think they're good or whatever. I just didn't have much experience on them. And then we didn't really get to do much testing. And and also I was only on the bike for like I said three or four weeks before. So uh, going into San Diego, you know, the second round. I actually switched back over to Olin suspension, mm-hmm. which are spring forks, and that's what I used you know, last year doing my yep. own thing. And 
I we only had about a day and a half of testing on it uh, between Anaheim and, and San Diego. But I, like, immediately felt better. And I really do like the Honda, the limited time I've had on it. I really do. I feel like the bike fits me pretty good for how I, you know, want to ride it. And then we got the suspension. I was feeling really good. And then I got hurt the second lap in the semi at, at San Diego. So it was a bummer, you know. It was a bummer to have the opportunity with the team and for them as well, you know, mm-hmm. for me to get hurt quickly. But it's part of racing. You know, it's what we do. And they've been awesome, you know, backing me through it or whatever. And we'll be right. hopefully back ready for the first outdoor and, uh, as ready as we, as ready as I can be, and try to just build from there. Yeah, the, so, yeah, it's a serious, yeah, it's a, couple, it's a serious injury. You had you multiple things wrong with yeah. you, so it's uh, yeah. it's not going to be. You know, you're not going to hit the outdoors probably at 100 percent strength and just where, yeah. right where you were. You'll have to work into it. Yeah, for sure. That, that's what what I was kind of getting at with Eli. Um, also, before is like, you know, you look at him and and like, I don't know all the behind the scenes stuff or right. you know, everything that's going on, but you look at him. He got hurt what back in June last year, I think, whatever it would have been. And at the third outdoor, and we're now, you know, what, 10 months from mm-hmm. when he got hurt, you know, almost a year from when he got hurt. And he's, I think, admittedly, in interviews, you know, he's still building yeah. back to, to just try to get back to where he was. And I know he had two shoulder injuries, but he also got hurt, like I said, in June. And he didn't have to be ready until Anaheim won, you know, which was months and months, you know, you know that he was out. So yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of close. I think I'll be right at about four months when Hangtown is, and that's, about what it when I probably should start back riding. Yeah. So I'm hoping to start a couple of weeks early here in the next couple of weeks to be able to start riding and and all that. So I'll just see how it goes. You know, try to get as much time on the bike as I can if if I can. You know, here in the next couple of weeks, I think I'll tr- probably try to ride, see how it feels, and just take it slow. And I I'm hoping I can feel. I'm hoping my shoulder feels 100. percent You know, I'm obviously in you can do as many bike rides and runs and yeah. as much time in the gym as you want, but you know, nothing's the same as seat time and actual riding. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make myself as ready as I can be so that at least I'm going to be lacking in the seat time department, but at least everything else will be you know up to speed and, and ready to go. So just trying to take it slow and, and build, you know, race to race. And yeah. I'm hoping my shoulder is just strong enough to, uh, to let me be able to just keep going race to race and not have to miss the first couple or anything like that. So right. that's, just trying to get it strong enough and get it get it good enough to be able to to be able to be out there and just building each week is kind of the goal. Kyle so. Chisholm on the uh, Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by Infab. I guess if there's one silver lining to getting hurt, it's that you became an, uh, a father for the first time and you have yep. more time to spend uh, with the little baby girl. Yeah, for sure. That's that's been good. Obviously, I mean, obviously, I would still I would still choose to be healthy and racing and right. normal, but yeah. but yeah, no, definitely. Well, you know, for a little blessing in disguise, you know, like I said, not that I ever want to get hurt, but, you know, it allowed me to for sure be home whenever she was born, you know, obviously I was going to do whatever I could be for that, but, you know, obviously I was for sure home for that, and that was awesome that I had to spend, you know, spend a lot of time with her, but then, like I said, I'm I'm gone most of the day anyways, you know, like I said, training and doing stuff, but I'm not, I haven't been gone every weekend and, you know, stuff like that, so, no, it's been, been good to spend more time than I normally would probably get to um, with her, and, uh, here. I swear she does something new every day, you know, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I know she's I think eight weeks old tomorrow, so it's like it's it's awesome. I mean, that it's hard to explain or whatever being being a dad for the first time, but it's uh no, it's been been awesome. It's kinda hard to put into words or whatever yeah. what it is. But she's she's awesome, we're pumped and it's been good. Brittany's doing good too, so she'll uh she'll be out in Vegas for the race because she'll the baby will be two months, um in a few days, so okay. she get her, all of her shots, and she's able to fly. Yep. So we're going to fly to California 
um, I think a week from today, mm-hmm. you know, like next week. Yep. Uh, fly over to California and drive over to Vegas for the race, though. So, uh, Brittany will be there with, with the baby. She'll get to actually come to, come to the race. Obviously, I'm not racing, but yeah. we'll be there to hang out and stuff. And, cool. Uh, and then she'll probably be at the first few outdoors. So. Right. Uh, 702-586-757. Got a couple lines open. Still looking to give away a fly racing podium bike stand to a, a lucky caller today. All right, Chiz, let me just get your take on Supercross itself now that we're caught yeah. up with your recovery. Um uh, your buddy Chad Reed, you've you've gone out there, uh, watched him ride, and um, and yep. been with him. Um, hot and co- up and down, hot and cold. Yeah. Starts suck this weekend. What's your take on your buddy Chad's season? I mean, it's like you said, it's up and down, a little hot and cold here and there. Obviously, he started out really good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe went backwards a little bit for a few weeks, and then he then he's been getting a little bit better. Last week wasn't that great. Start wasn't like you said. Start wasn't very good, and I think that's been a big thing for him is maybe the starts are a little inconsistent. and uh, But his starts are good when he does them good, I feel like. And uh, when he gets up there, he stays up there and he rides good. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch him ride during the week. You know, I've been trying to go up there at least once a week, you know, whenever I can. Yeah. Just to watch him ride and do stuff and just be at the track. And I get I get bored doing everything at home. I'm like, I just want to be at the track at least sometimes. So, I mean, going up there and, man, not, I think it was like last week or the week before, him and uh, Kenny Roxon were riding out, out at Timmy's place, and we were down there. And I'm like, you know, Chad, Chad and him were riding, and obviously like Martine and you know a few other guys were out there riding mm-hmm. too. And uh, and I know it's just practice, you know, whatever. That, not that it means anything, but yeah. you know, Chad's right there with Kenny in the lap times, right there or better, you know. And mm-hmm. they're both flying, you know, they're both riding awesome. And, uh, and then on the weekend, I'm like, I said the first thing I said, to Chad, I'm like, man, where's that guy been on the weekend? You know, yeah. that, that that guy would win the races and. You know, I think it's just like I said, practice is different. You got to bring it. You got to bring that to the race on the weekend. And obviously, he's been around and he knows mm-hmm. what he's doing to do that. And I think when everything goes right and and he's feeling comfortable and the starts are good, he's been out there. You know, I think he'd be on the podium. You know, any weekend and and battle up there in the right. You know, right. with the right circumstances. So I, I'm hoping either this weekend or next weekend he can maybe rip a whole shot and, and ride ride like himself and. Try to get a win or battle for the win would be, yeah, like, be good, like, like you said. Alex. Yeah, I don't know about wins right now with the way Rocks and yeah. Dungy are riding, but I, why can't he get third when you look at the guys yeah. who are getting third and whatever? You know, he's right there. Yeah, the guys that, the guys that have been getting third have been, aside from last weekend, man, what have, they've been like 30 seconds behind you mm-hmm. know, Kenny and yeah. Dunge. So, and, yeah, I, I kind of think, too, like, you know, at the beginning of the season, he – what do you get, like, I don't fourth or fifth, sixth, something like that at, what? at Anaheim 1, oh, I think. Oh, yeah, fifth, I think. And, and then, then, two, two. And then he had, like, yeah. yeah, and then he went two seconds in a row. Like, mm-hmm. kind of kept, Dun- like, especially at uh, San Diego, kept Dungey on us the whole race. And I think there, if he didn't have, I, and I don't know, so I don't want to speak, like, out of line or I don't know if this is 100% true, mm-hmm. but I think he maybe tried a few things with his bike and and maybe had a little bit of a setback and right. then he kind of got back comfortable, you know, because after he had those couple seconds and, was up there for the first, you know, three, four or five races, kind of went backwards a little bit. And then he's been, you know, coming back stronger lately. And I think maybe he made a couple of bike changes that didn't work mm-hmm. and was trying to search for, few, search for a few things to try to get that little extra right. to beat Dungey. Well, I think maybe if he stuck with it and stuck with it, or maybe, maybe make smaller changes. I don't know. Like, I don't know what changes they actually made, but yeah. stuck with it. Then I think he could have progressed because like, as a rider, at least for me personally, I feel like I'm always stronger at round 17 than I was at round one. Right. So I think the same is probably like for Dungey, where like Chad was right there on pace 
with Dungey and even better than Roxon, you know, through the, through the first few. And if he could have progressed through the season, then I think now it would not that it's not, but I think he could really be realistic to win now where, you know, Dungey's better at round 16 than he was at round two. So mm-hmm. where Chad is maybe just trying to kind of play catch up to get back where he was at round yeah. two, you know, and Dungey's going to progress. Um, you know, something, so. Chad, something Chad told me, and I wonder, I'm going to ask your opinion of this. He kind of mentioned yeah. to me that he thought that his bike worked better on the West Coast than it did on the East Coast. Now, obviously his results yeah. aren't as good. So maybe as a yeah. rider you're searching or whatever. But do you think there's anything to that? Yeah. Okay, so the bike's a little bit different than when I rode it. You know, like, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time on Yamahas. You know, I rode when they first did the backwards engine and mm-hmm. all the, the new bike in 2010. You know, that was my best year um, pretty much in my career, 2010, and on that new bike. So, and I rode that bike 2010, 2011, and then in 2013. It was all the same bike pretty much. And then in 14, you know, they made a bigger change. But I was on it again in 2014, and then just not last year. So I pretty much rode the original kind of different bike they made. And then also the 14 that I rode isn't a whole lot different, I don't think, than like the 16s are, like what Chad's on now. And so for me personally, when I rode that bike, I always felt like I was better. And I – this is what makes me think it's not so much like just my personal setup, mm-hmm. like with suspension. I always felt like the bike was better on a more hard pack track, even for outdoors, like say at like Washougal mm-hmm. versus you know Southwick. Yep. I always felt like the bike was better and handled better for me on a hard pack track or more hard pack track than a sandier or, or a softer rutted track. You know, I don't know. Like I said, I, I felt comfortable. Like my bike was always set up good, mm-hmm. and I would like for me outdoors. It's always kind of frustrating because at, like, say, a Redbud or a Millville or a, or a Southwick, those are, like, my stronger yep. tracks you know, for me personally as a rider. Mm-hmm. But then my bike would not work as good at those races. And then, like you said, like a Washougal or Hangtown. Or yeah, yeah. Type of track, yeah, yep. Hangtown, that's, like, where I would – not that I'm not good on those, but I, maybe I'm better at Southwick than I am at right. Washougal. Right. But then my bike would work better and I'd be more comfortable at Washougal hmm. than I would be at Southwick. And it was just – and, and same in Supercross. I always felt like a more hard-packed, slippery track, the bike would just, for whatever reason, work better. And for me, I didn't really have maybe some of the options he has to, yeah. like, make changes on the weekend. So I was kind of stuck, aside from a few clickers here and there, you know, or minor changes, I was stuck with what I had, you know, at, at the race. So I always just felt like my bike was better at hard-packed track. And we'd get to, like, say, Indianapolis, which was soft and rutted, and my bike just wouldn't work as good as it did, you know, say at Anaheim. Hmm. And I, I don't know. I honestly, I feel like it's maybe a, a character, characteristic of the bike. And I don't think it's a bad thing because, you know, I don't, no bike's ever going to be perfect on any, on every condition. Yeah. But I feel like it's, there's probably a setup that you can, you know, change something in your suspension setup, your clamp setup, you know, some, some ch- type of chassis stuff that you can change that would make it better on the soft stuff. And then maybe if you stuck with that, it would actually be worse on the hardback stuff. But right. I think just in general, the base that that bike starts with, I, I feel like, at least for me personally, I, I was always better on the more hardback stuff. So Interesting. I, I think there is something to that. I mean, okay. uh, at least for me personally, there, there was. You right. know, I can't um, speak for him, but yeah, for me it was. Let's get to the phone calls here from Tyler. I like this call. Tyler, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Uh, great question. So, how's it going, man? How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good. Yeah. Just trying to get trying to get myself better. Get back out there and race. I'm just bored sitting at home watching the races. So, <laughs> yeah. doing good. Nice. My question. Yeah. So, you know, like I know bike setup. You know, you guys talk about it a lot and everything. And 
just to be honest, sometimes it seems like if a rider does good, their answer is, yeah, I just made a you know, few little changes and now I'm ready to go. And then next week, <laughs> yeah. it's, if they don't do good, it's all not, you know, something's not right with the bike and it just seems like yeah. pretty much their go-to. I, you know, I, yeah. sometimes it just kind of seems, you know, like maybe there's a rider just trying to save his own butt with the, you know, his owner and whatnot. I mean, like, to me, just like if you put Dungey in another bike right now, I feel like he would still podium or... You know, yeah. I don't know if all riders just seem like they blame like the bike setup too much, and then when they win, yeah. you're good. There, you're right, oh, Tyler. You're right. There's a lot of that right now in the last two, three, four years. There's a ton of setup you know, talk. Yeah, and and I kind of think that like, so okay. And I, again, I'm not trying to like throw people on the bus or name not not to name names, but like back when James, like I just said, when I was on the Yamaha like 2010, 2011, on that version of the Yamaha. I had my best years on that bike, and I like you know I like the bike a lot. It works really good for me, and that was when James you know had switched. Yeah, he was on Yamaha's, and the new bike came out. And as soon as he came out and said he what he didn't like the bike, wasn't comfortable, blah blah blah, all this and that. After that, everybody I swear that rode the bike and wasn't very good. Then all of a sudden they were all complaining about the bike. <laughs> you know, the bike doesn't work good. This right. and that just because you know James came out and said it. So now it like made it okay and that was everybody's go to 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 make the for that to be their excuse. So I do feel like that's that goes on for sure. You know, especially like the Honda had that happen what a couple of years ago, like or whatever it was. Nine, oh, nine, the Honda yeah. wasn't good and yeah. then all of a sudden everybody didn't like the Honda. Yeah, like oh nine, whatever it was. So like that definitely goes on, but then at the same time there is a little bit, you know, like the track change from week to week. I think the dirt is the biggest thing that affects us. It's not necessarily a track. It's the dirt and the way that the bumps form and the ruts form or how slippery it gets. And I feel like, so So the flip side of that is I think as, as professionals, we're all, not that we're all so close, not saying that Dungey and the guy that gets 22nd are so close, but in our groups, you know, like Dungey and Roxanne and those couple guys that win and then like the guys that finish six, seven, eight, nine, ten every weekend, and the guys that finish around 15th every weekend, you know, there's those little groups and tiers of riders. So to be at the top of, like, the tier where you should be, I think to say you had a good weekend and you felt good, it's it's when your bike is working good at that race for those conditions and all that, it's just a feeling that it's hard to explain. And as a, I don't know what level rider you are or whatever, but as – as a professional, there's just those weekends that, like, it's like you're riding in the track and nothing can go wrong. You can hit every bump. You can go anywhere you want. The bike just works no matter what. You can put it where you want it. And then there's weekends that could be the next weekend where you're just fighting it. You can't get the bike to go where you want, and you didn't even change anything, you know. And it's just a different track, different. Maybe you need to change your setup a little bit, and maybe you can, maybe you can't change it. But mm-hmm. it, there's just those that happens, you know. Like, you could feel the best you've ever felt one weekend and then go out the next weekend and and feel like crap, and you didn't really change anything. And yeah. I think at our level, that it's such a, a fine line that when you feel great, you could like for me personally, if I felt great, like my best finish last year was eight. Was eight. I felt awesome all weekend. So if that was like my max, I felt so comfortable, felt so good. I got eight. But then on another weekend, I might not feel comfortable. I, I haven't changed anything. My my yeah. riding's the same. I haven't changed anything on the bike. But then the next weekend, I might get a, a 14th. And it's like I just didn't feel comfortable all weekend, but we didn't change anything. So yeah, I just, I just wish, cheers. I, I just wish more riders would be like, "Hey, man, I didn't have it." They don't. A lot yeah, of them I, don't say that, you know. I'm the yeah. first to say, like, at least for me personally, I, I'll tell you, I'm the first to say that. To yeah, you're, you're, me, you're fine. Yeah, you're pretty good. I've interviewed you a lot, yeah. good and bad. 
And yeah, I and, would rather know. blame it on myself because I yeah. want it to be I want it to be my, my fault so I can fix it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if I'm not comfortable or something happened, I'm gonna say, well, I didn't ride my best, and it was maybe because I wasn't comfortable with this, so let's fix it. But there are other weekends when. There's nothing wrong. I just sucked that week, you know. I sucked that race, or you know, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, like I said, it, it goes both ways. I, it does. I think there's definitely the guys that just blame the bike, and then there's there is that. But I, I guess I think the one weekend to the next weekend thing is just it's that fine line of you know, like Tomac to finish second last weekend versus like seventh the other weekend. I think everything just maybe quick for him. He was comfortable. You could see it in his riding. He was more confident on the bike, and that little bit for him is a huge thing because if we can make up you know, three-tenths of a second, that can put us up, you know, five or six places versus, you know, in mm-hmm. practice times, you know, versus three-tenths well, um, of a second the other way. Yeah, so. Tyler, thanks for the call. It's, it's, it, I agree yeah. with you in some times. I think that's a, it's a good yeah. point you make, especially the guys at the elite level, the, the, the guys that are on the yeah. podium every weekend. They're such mental basket cases, as we saw with yeah. Barso last year, that, yeah. like, you know, just a mud race changed Barso's entire season around. And so you can't yeah, tell yeah. me that it was a setup issue. And uh, I think Tyler yeah, is just yeah. Tyler is just kind of getting to that. But thanks for the call, man. Yeah. Thanks, Tyler. Hey, yeah. do you Confidence just wonder? Do you guys think it has anything to do with them like having security like with their team next year? Like if they're not just saying I'm sucking? Uh, I don't think and so. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that'd be hard because like if you just say you suck, then it's like it's yeah. whatever, you know. But then if you say that yeah. the bike sucks or whatever, then it's like why would the team want you back anyways? You don't like their bike, you know, so right. you don't want to say that either. So, you know, I, I, right. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks, Tyler. Thanks for the frames and answer. Good luck, dude. We'll right. see you back thanks. out there soon. Thank you. Uh, Whitey, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's going on, Whitey? How are you, man? Good. Thanks for calling. What's your What's your question? I got a solution for you on a change in Supercross that will also eliminate the problem with lappers. Okay. All right. Get rid of the blue flag. Just make the leaders pass them straight up and not have to worry about them getting out of the line. Oh, It'll make for an interesting race, and no one's going to complain about lappers getting out of the way. What do you think, Jess? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, the blue flag is a courtesy flag, so it's not like, I think, whatever. So it's not like you have to do something, but as a courtesy, as a professional or whatever, you're you're not supposed to move over, get out of the way, or whatever. You're supposed to race your race, but like with respect to the leaders. So like, if the main if you if there's one rut down the middle of the wolves and you know the leaders are right behind you, it's just like courtesy to just kind of you know even that even though that is the best line in your racing, get out of the way, let them go through it, and then just continue your race. You know, it's not well in theory the it's great, but they don't do it. I mean, everybody complains about lappers, so let's just get rid of the blue flag, make them pass it. They're good enough, and then we don't have to listen to people well, bitching about lappers. Well, that's not, <laughs> well, that's not what I mean. Like, they do have to just pass them. Like, so I'm not saying the riders should pull over, but the leaders also have to. They're lapping them, so clearly they're faster. So they should have to, you know, race past them. But the lappers should just make it a little easier for the racers to keep racing. Well, what's wrong with getting rid of the blue flag, though? I mean, I understand all the theory and everything, but let's just get rid of it and let them pass them, and then we don't have to worry. Well, whatever. Well, either, well, either way, I don't see the difference either way. Like, yeah, it, well, that's because no more bitching about lappers. No, I guess so. Thanks, well, Whitey. Because it's a courtesy flag, you know, like. So if I'm in 10th place, it, realistically, I mean, you see how far they lap up to. They could be lapping me in 10th place. I could be in battle with somebody. Yeah. But 
there's times when I'm not going to know what if Dungey went down in the first turn yeah. and he was behind me the whole way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Without the blue flag, I don't know that they're the leaders. So yeah. the blue flag, again, is a courtesy to just let you know the leaders are coming. Yeah. So pay attention and be ready for them to be coming back. They were, you know, uh, people over or whatever. They yeah. were bad this weekend, too. So I don't know if it was, yeah, I think it was it the was track. Bad. I think the track was either there was, there was one line that made things yeah, easier and I, guys wanted to stick to that line and oh yeah man. i think that's what it was with the track conditions would have been wet earlier and then yep. they fixed and it was good for the races but it still kind of had and and also the track was tighter and slower i felt like mm-hmm. which i was i was a fan of so i think it was harder maybe to get out of the way get i think also with the red flag in the turns i think it maybe it was hard to get out of the lines you know what i mean it's yeah gonna, that's once true you're in, yeah, a, right. you're in a line you're in the line yeah you know it's kind of yeah, like that, that, more that turn, uh, the turn onto the start straight. Um, yeah. It was so so slippery that you were also going to just drift to the outside because you had no yeah. traction and you were on the gas and, yeah. and everything yeah, else. Yeah, you can't really move right. on the track like that. Yeah, uh, giving away, give away a fly racing podium stand here, 702-586-7857. Give us a call, flyracing.com. Chiswar Fly Racing back in the... Uh, Oh nine? Oh nine, yeah. Yep. Um so Chiswar Fly yep. Racing and uh also yep. to NFAB, Jeep Trucker SUV parts, N Fab dot com, probably built in Houston, Texas. Uh Chiz, before we let you go, we uh, I want to yep. talk about two fifty series a little bit. This seems yep. to be the championship that nobody wants. Mookie's <laughs> Mookie's faded backwards uh-huh. twice where, where Mookie's had two races where you're like, Okay, he's got it. And he's faded yeah. backwards. Uh, Plessinger kind of so-so. Martin crashes out. Davalos yeah. misses a race. Justin Hill looked yeah. great. Then you know he crashed. Yeah. But it's a it's been a weird series. <laughs> I've, I've been saying the same thing. Like it's literally like no one want, no one wants to win. You know it's like oh no you win this yeah. week and no you win you win. And uh, yeah it's, it's been kind of weird but it's been exciting. You know I think it's nice the points are still close and it's been fun to watch. You know whatever but and frustrating at times for me. Personally, I'm pretty good friends with Malcolm. You know, I've known him since he was before he started racing. You know, since he was really little. So uh, I'm I'm buddies with Malcolm. I I'm I'm kind of rooting for him. I like Jeremy Martin a lot. He, he's a cool kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Plessinger. I don't know him that well, but he seems like a cool kid too. I've known Martin Martin a long time. So I, I'm not. I would say it's not that I don't want any that I don't want any one of them to win, but I'm kind of pulling for Malcolm. You know, just being buddies with him. And mm-hmm. and man, it's been frustrating when. Like this past weekend and, and a couple other weekends, like Daytona was another one, I think. And it's like, he's out front, he's riding good, and then he just fades back. And, you know, I, I haven't really asked him too much because I try not to, you know, I know how it is for him. In the, I'm sure he's under a lot of stress yeah. in just the whole situation. Yep. So I don't want to bug him about it. But watching from the outside, it's like you watch him ride in practice, and he looks so good and so loose and so fluid with the bike. Mm. And it's like, Nobody can touch him. He's been the fastest, I think, most of the weekends, you know, for the majority of the series, I think, in practice. And, and he rides so good. And then in the main event, he looks like a different rider. And, like, this past weekend, he got out front, was riding good. In my opinion, he was going faster in the whoops last weekend, I think, than anybody was out of either class, at least some of the times. <laughs> yep. He was killing the whoops like he, like he always does. Riding really good. And then five laps into the race, it's like he jumped off and let somebody else ride his bike. It's like he let me ride his bike with one arm or something, you know, after that. And it's like, man, I don't know. It just looks to me like he's just getting tight, maybe not breathing, yep. arm pump or something, you know. Because you can kind of see he just has no fight in him. And me, uh, you know, but, like, when you get arm pump like that or you're winded and you're not breathing, you're literally – it's like, at least for me, I'll be riding and, like, telling myself, like, dude, what the heck are you doing? Like, you're going so slow, but there's nothing you can do about it. You, know, mm-hmm. you can't hang on. Yeah, or no, you're done. You're not breathing. And, 
but I feel like he's, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's better than know? that. Yeah, he's better yes, than what yeah. he's been showing. Yeah, and, like, so there is. I think there is something to that little bit of hey, pressure maybe yeah. getting to him. You yeah, know? and I don't think he's out of shape or anything no, like that. Like no. He rides really good. He just he's not riding to his full potential in the main events, right. probably because of the situation, which is which is a bummer because I don't want him to to lose it because of that. Because I honestly feel like he's been consistently the best guy all season. You know, he's been mm-hmm. fast. He's yeah. usually always up there, which is a, a new good thing for him. Aside from a couple of weeks ago at St. Louis when he crashed 18 times in, in the main event, <laughs> right. you know, but, but he's been consistent. And even with that, what do you still salvage the sixth or eighth or whatever it was? Yep. So it's like, and then the other race when he had to do a pit stop a couple of times and he still got four, whatever, whatever place he got, you know, he's been, He's been doing all the right things, you know, especially for him. It's been a big improvement with the consistency to still be in it for the championship. But, you know, I feel like there's a – with Daytona and last weekend, there's just – he's given away a lot of points too, you know, where he could have a nice point to be going into the, these last couple. So, yeah. you know, but still, I'm sure if you told him, hey, you have a, you know, however many point lead or whatever with a couple races to go, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd take it, you know, at the beginning of the year. So, yeah. I think he just needs to pull his hat out of his butt when it's the main event time and, and ride like himself and not – not think about it, which is hard. Easier said than done, obviously. Yeah, but absolutely. I think that's, I think that's what's going on. So I'm, oh. I'm rooting for him, but I think it'll be exciting either way. Well, right on, Chiz. Thanks yeah. for coming on the show. Thanks for sparing some time yeah. for us. Uh, good luck yeah. in your recovery. Hopefully, hopefully, we see you on the outdoors and uh, yeah. tell Brittany I said hi. Uh, well, All right. Yeah, I'll see you this weekend, and then me and me and Brooke will say hi to you at Vegas. And, okay. And uh, anyone listening, I'll be, I'll be at the race this weekend and next weekend. So I'll be doing autographs over at the Rocky Mountain Truck and all that. So come over and see us. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Right, thank you. Uh, next up on our Fly Racing Moto 60 show, uh, former mechanic uh, for many, many years for Jason Thomas and other riders, now working for Get and Athena, Dan Truman. What's up, Truman? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, but, uh, how's things at Get and Athena? That's good, good. Just shipping out some orders right now. I think uh, Get a, is... lot of these pri- a lot of these privateers are getting ready for outdoors. <laughs> I, I was thinking they'd more wait till Thursday before uh, Hangtown. Yeah, some of them actually plan ahead these days. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, before we get too much into it, let's take a couple phone calls. The guys have been on hold for a while here. Mike, welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question about Mookie? Hey, you guys. What's going on? This was probably a good question. I didn't even know Dan Truman was coming on, but I've heard he's... Uh, the studded fantasy from your guys' shows. Well, JT would dispute um, that, but uh, uh, yeah, well, he is. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Mookie, I, I would think that his potential in the 450 class, I mean, of the guys coming up, should be right there just behind, obviously, Cooper Webb and mm-hmm. uh, Martin, but I don't think that there's anybody else, especially who showed some prowess on a 450 as good as him. Wouldn't his stock be pretty high? If he wins this, I know there's rumor of him and James starting their own team or whatever, mm-hmm. but I would think that there's going to be some factory teams chopping at the bit for a guy who's got real potential on a 450. Well, yeah, if he wins, because if he loses, I'm pretty sure he's going to stay down again. But if he wins, he has to move up. But, Dan, what do you think? Let's say he wins this, Mookie. Uh, how attractive is he uh, for some of these teams? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, there's a lot of good guys available this year. So even if Mookie does win and is forced to move up, you got guys like Justin Bogle, Brock Tickle that are experienced and, in my opinion, probably better than Mookie on a 450 the first year. So that's something all the teams have to look at. I think his value would be good, but this year is a contract year for a lot of riders. Yeah, so. a ton of dudes. I think, too, Dan, I think some teams are just like, you know what? He's a steward. I don't want anything to do with him. Unfortunately, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think that's not fair. No, uh, I'm not to, saying to it is or not. Yeah, but yeah. But a lot of teams have dealt with the stewards throughout the years, and 
Um, a lot of them have ended very badly. So, um, you know, I know he's almost that. got like an Alessi tag to him. Yeah, I figure, uh, a bit. Feel like there's not yeah. any controversy with him at. No. There, no, there hasn't been. He's been good. Everything's been good. You know, um, the dad's around a lot. He's a heavy influence in his in Malcolm's deal, and a lot of teams don't like that. And like like Dan said, like I don't think JGR would ever hire Mookie, and it's nothing to do with Mookie. It just went sure. bad with the Stewarts, and so right away, I think you're crossing off one team. For example, Kawasaki, maybe the same deal, uh, where they well, just don't want anything to do with that. If we remember back a, a few seasons ago when he was on TLD for the 450, I mean, he was a podium threat pretty consistently all summer as well. Really? I would say. Was he a podium threat all summer? I thought he got one. and, and... No, one podium, but he was in the top five pretty regularly throughout the summer. Okay. At least running up front. I mean, he, of course, mookied himself out of a lot of races. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he, he was up at the front for, for many races for, you know, the first 20 minutes or so. Right. Before, before it fell apart. So, I well, don't know. It, yep. I think the way the sport works, he might be worth a gamble. Maybe so. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's one of those uh, one of those deals, Dan. Um, I agree with Mookie's a great rider, but I just think some teams are like, nope. Yeah, and I mean, not to take anything away from Mookie, but when he was top five outdoors, that class was a little bit thin then. Uh, with riders injured and things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, I think with the classes, hard it is right now, and so many good guys available that, you know, Bogle got fourth two weeks ago. He got sixth last week. I think he would be, if I was a team manager, ahead of Mookie, even if Mookie won a title. Right. Uh, let's go to John here. John, welcome to the Fly Rays and Moto 60 show. What's going on? Hey, not much. How are you guys doing? We're good. What's your question? Yeah, I just wondered, another issue with the gate uh, this last weekend. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys didn't talk about that. I was kind of surprised. Um, didn't look like it moved. I don't know. Yeah, it moved. Yeah, I, I saw. I watched it three times. It moved. I, w- I would like to get now, my, uh, here's, on the game. my question is: How come they haven't gone to an electronic system? Uh, Dan, go ahead. They, they gave it. They did an electronic gate at Daytona. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I thought, well, there you go. There's the solution. Okay. All right. It. Yeah, but it's not – I don't think that's really the solution either. The electronic gate is very loud, and it's different. And But the gates at the races each fall individually. So if Michael Essie, for instance, hit, hits his gate and you start next to him, your gate still falls. They're independent okay. gates. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know I if maybe you just run into the gate, though, kind of – Okay. Shook the whole thing and maybe no, they're, they're moving. The gate. What's happening is I've watched two two of them. The, the the first time the guy in the doghouse gave it two stabs. So his first stab caused the gate to flex, and everybody went. They got rid of that guy who had been had some issues, and they got a new guy in there. And this weekend I couldn't see the inside of the doghouse, but the same thing happened. The gate moved, and yeah. so I'm I, thinking the same I thing happened. The same I thing agree that, that it moved, but that's. Don't run into the gate. Go when the gate hits the ground. Yeah, no, okay. All right. I, I mean, I can't disagree with that either. Yeah, for sure. Whatever I mean, it is, we, can we figure uh, it out? Can we please just figure yeah, it out? It just seems like a pretty serious variable to be dealing with that could be eliminated. And they had to kind of explain it away. It was on Fox. And I could tell that they, Emmett was kind of embarrassed that that happened. And I'm gonna, it just I'm, didn't, uh, didn't seem right. I'm going to guess that the electronic gate drop costs money. Hence it's Ooh, yes. In any other form of racing, they use green flags and lights. There's not a gate. And if you jump the start, you get penalized yourself. You don't, they don't restart the race. So why not just say, hey, listen, when the gate falls, the gate falls. 
go when the gate hits the ground. Yeah, like we don't like it could vibrate yeah. all day long. We yeah. don't care. When the right. gate hits the ground, right. you go. Right. That's on you. And that I think that's better that way. That sure. each gate's individual. I mean, if if I line up next to you, Steve, and I hit the gate, and you go when your gate falls, that's fine. It, it does. You, you it does. When the guy next to you hits the gate, it does jack you up, though. It didn't jack Dungey up. The guy next to Dungey, no, yeah. he holds shot of yeah, both. Yeah, of them. I know, but so. I'm just saying from my experience of racing. Uh, all right, thanks, uh, thanks, John. Good, good, good. good hey, love good, the good show. Person. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Dan, when uh, get ignition is used by a ton of uh, teams in the pits, and uh, we're finding out more and more these days with the EFI that. Um, Companies like Get and, and the other ignition companies are becoming a bigger factor in the success of these teams due to the things you can do with these systems and everything else. Um, without giving away any teams or riders or anything else, like what are they changing a lot during the day for these ignitions? What are some of the changes that you see from practice to practice? Yeah, I mean, between the riders, you have some riders on – Say a, a team has two or three riders, they may have different setups on the bike right. between the riders. You know, uh, I mean, I can tell you, JGR, for instance, Weston Pike's bigger than Justin Barsha, so they may run a different setup. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of things we're chasing right now is, is traction. Mm-hmm. The guys fighting for traction, and, and you know, with the Git system, we have an ability to work. Uh, it's not it's not a traction control, but it works similar to something like that. It's mm-hmm. called GPA. It's a mm-hmm. Git power assist, and that's something we change throughout the day. The track gets slipperier, you know, we, we add some of that and take some of that away. So <clears throat> that's the biggest thing that that they change. For the most part, the engines are the same, mm-hmm. altitude's the same, and, and we're not really changing fuel or nothing like that. When you're limiting uh, when you're limiting an ignition on how high it's revving, in a sense, to help yourself with traction, does it put a strain on the motor? Did, did, the, did, the, did the motor builders say anything about cams and, and compression and piston and things like that, or is it totally fine? On the 250s, we do have guys that, uh, you know, try to stretch their engines out longer, you know, maybe smaller teams with uh, not yep. as big a budget. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it will strain on the parts. I would say, um, yeah, that would be something. But would, on, yeah. Yeah. on all the big teams, the engines are coming apart every week. Right, so right. It, it's not an issue. We can mm-hmm. pretty much do whatever we want, and there's no, you know, there's no worry because yep. they're, they're switching out the parts anyway. Will a team make a change? So let's say, you know, at a national, you have four guys. And um, Adam Cincerillo, Pro Circuit uses Get still, right? Pro Circuit uses all of our data loggers. Okay, let's say, yeah. Okay, another team that uses so, uh, Star. Star yeah. uses Get. Okay. Star, yep. Star uses. So Get. if if Jeremy Martin makes a change um, for a particular part of the track uh, that he's having troubles with, and, and that's what these guys can do now, they can tune it to a particular part of the track if they want to. Um, it, would, would that be a change that like the, the team would make across all four team bikes, or do they kind of let the riders decide on what they're doing? Like it's a little interesting to me to see the communication between riders and teams that are often battling for the for the same spots. Yeah, so like you know Cooper and Jeremy both being title contenders, uh, I think for the outdoor is a good example. Uh, some weekends they actually like totally different things. Okay, um, all the way down to everything on the bike. So it may be something that you just change for say Jeremy Martin for a certain track, um, versus Cooper who wants something different. So they will talk about it. Brad's team manager and he'll talk about it and suggest it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, it's the rider's decision. It's not just the team manager or us going in going. This is what you need to do. Yeah. At the end of the day, the rider says, "No, my bike's fine there. I don't want to do that." Yeah. So uh, they they would say, "Hey, Jeremy made a change here." Um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, and then yeah. that's that's the case with with a lot of things. Uh, you know, 
we have our biggest uh, our biggest hurdles in Colorado because of the altitude. Mm-hmm. And the bikes are really slow, and and the same with the GP series in in Mexico and things like that. Mm-hmm. So at that race, we're always chasing it because the riders are always saying the bike's so slow, the bike's so slow. So that's a race where we would change it, you know, mm-hmm. maybe for both guys or the whole team and say this is better here. Yeah, you know? a little more aggressive for everybody. Just yeah. be like, here you go. Um, yeah. I- yeah, it's interesting to see the, the technology and where we're at in the sport nowadays. People maybe don't realize um, what a big part electronics is playing. Yeah, there's a rumor that uh, we may go to the Monster Cup style start next year with the grate, the metal grate um, for Supercross. Oh. At least that's what I've been told. Okay. And if that was to happen, I think that would benefit all of our teams um, and a lot of the teams with more money, I think. Because we can take data, and we can, it, it's going to make the start consistent. Every weekend it would be the same start, yeah. you know, if you start on the grate. But, and you don't have to deal with dirt variations and things like that. So if it goes to something like that, you know, we can take data and stuff. I think it really – they say it makes it more fair, but at the end of the day, I don't really think it makes it any more fair. <laughs> I think it really makes it the other way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with technology, it's just the way it's going. Everything really comes from the, from the car mm-hmm. side and the street bike side and then – motocross gets it last how many guys are using start maps do you think everybody 50 percent yeah i would say it's more than 50 percent i mean we sell one we our retail one comes with start maps now yeah yeah no it's interesting i I would say it's even more than that right right yeah it's interesting to see how that's that's evolved too uh and it's not like the old days where you actually have to flip a switch it actually you know will do it itself and turn off and then yeah once you get once you get past a certain uh uh, RPM or speed or whatever, right? It, yeah, they're, yeah, they're all different. Yeah. All, all of us do it different, and, right. and actually, we've tried different. You know, there's theory. Everyone has a different theory. But. Yeah, and where you put the light, and what you do, and how many times you hit the kill <laughs> yeah. button, and blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's exactly. get to uh, Rick here. Rick, welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. You want to talk about a possible chase format? Yeah, I, I just uh, I don't understand why everybody gets so upset, like on in the, the you know on Vital and whatnot about the chase. Because I kind of uh, agree with Ping about what he said on Monday about, you know, the chase kind of brings you back into it. I mean, you got yeah, Dungey, uh, who's, you know, 40 points ahead. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's almost kind of boring. Yeah, he got third, and, you know, that was kind of, you know, it was different. But I just, I just don't, I don't get why everybody's up in arms about it. I, mean, I don't I, know I either, dude. Is, there are some very I mean, upset I, people out there, and I don't understand it. Like, if it doesn't work and it's not kind of working, we just go back to the way it was. But um, I think a lot of people aren't understanding the chase that at the end of say 10 races if ryan dungey has the most wins in this series and he's leading the points he will start with a hand he will start with a points lead you know so all right i'm not sure what's going on there but um people are upset about this chase thing dan and and i don't get it like i think it's a great thing i think it uh, obviously ryan dungey be bummed but yeah let's do it let's change it i think the only the only person in the entire series that would probably be bummed is dungey right I mean, well, I he's, think the so. most consi- he's the yeah. most consistent guy. But at the end of the day, he would still have won all of his titles if they did a chase format anyway. No, he so, would not. He would. Lo- he lost. He lost the one where he blew out his knee. He didn't race. Dungey never blew out his knee. Oh, I saw. He said Villapoto. My bad. No, sorry. So yes, I, I get that what you're saying, but yeah, mm-hmm. who's to say he would have been pushing dude, that hard and blew dude, out his look, knee? Dude, you look. Know if Ryan Villapoto doesn't win the Supercross Series that year because of his blown out knee, then he's he's one less title. He's still an all-timer. He's still an amazing rider. He's still a multi-millionaire. And Brayton wins the title, and now he makes more money. His stock is up. He gets paid more. 
um, for coming through in the clutch, and we're all good. Everybody's good, you know. Uh, nobody yeah. will go, oh, Villa, you know, Villa Poto, you know, he's the real Supercross champion. Like, no one cares. Like, it's not fa- like the guys won't be racing the first ten races trying to get the point seed. Like you said, you'll start the series however they decide to do it. Dungey would have a five point lead or whatever it is. He still would be ahead going right. into the into the final race. So yeah. I think it's good for the series. I think it's good for guys like you know Trey Kennard and and even Stewart who hopefully comes back next year. Good. I think it's good for guys like that. It makes it better. I agree. Uh, let's I don't get... I don't see a real disadvantage of it. No. Um, let's that. go to. Um... Waylon, what's going on? You got a question about Yamaha's, Waylon? Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. No problem. Um, and, you know, if there was a chase, maybe I wouldn't be so looking forward to outdoors. But um, I was wondering, so the past couple of years, it seems like that Yamaha has just been a beast and had everybody covered. It doesn't seem that way so much in Supercross, maybe just on East Coast. Do you think that the other, uh, the other teams have maybe caught up a little bit to that thing? Yeah, we were just talking about that, about how Yamaha's got hole shots all the time. Um and now they don't. Um, yeah. we're, we're, was that on Fantasy Show, Dan? In yeah, Fab yeah, Fan- we, were yeah. Talk, we were talking about that on the Fantasy Show. It's, uh, it, almost it's interesting, Waylon. Yeah, we're, we're not really sure. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Uh, but whether it was – Phil has pulled some good starts when he was racing. Phil pulled a lot of starts. I uh, still think the Yamaha is a very strong engine. Um, kind of to answer your question, yes, I think every year the other teams evolve and, and get better and better. But – the Yamaha guys have struggled on their starts this year. Remember, yeah, I thought the Brayton years, Hondas couldn't be stopped. Brayton and Short and and those dudes, yeah. couldn't couldn't but stop a Honda. Short, Short could line up this weekend and he would hold shot. So I I think it's a. Me and JT talked about this. It's technique. You look at Dakota Alex. He's a privateer and he holds shot at the main event last weekend over all factory bikes. His bikes definitely not the caliber of their bikes. I think it's something with confidence and you know and things like that. Chad Reed did yeah. get a hole shot earlier this year. You know. So. Yeah, I thought um, maybe uh, once they get outside, maybe they can go faster, and that thing will really open up. Or yeah, yeah, maybe. It seemed like maybe it was in the barn, like snorting and kicking the doors, well, trying to get right, get outside. Maybe I mean Barsha won a lot of races last year, so you know he's got to he's got to be better. Um, I think Pike's a better outdoor guy than indoors by a little bit. I you know you can make a case either way, but I think he is, and we know Nicoletti's good outdoors, much much better outdoors. So I think you'll be seeing more Yamahas up front, Waylon. Um, yeah. Stay on hold. Do you want to? Do you want to fly racing podium stand? Um, I'd love one. I don't have a bike right now. I just have oh. a mountain bike, so oh. um, you might want to give it to someone else. Yeah, I appreciate get, it. Though. Oh, thanks for turning it down and not selling it on eBay. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, thanks. Uh, Joe, you want to talk about James Stewart? Yes, I've got a couple of things before that. Real quick, just want to say happy birthday to my son Joey, who works at JGR. All right. Turns turns a big three zero today. Second thing. Uh, I think Plessinger's uh, stock is going to go way, way up, and somebody needs to look into uh, starting to get that kid inked right now for a 450 deal because he will be a monster. I think they probably are. Yeah, he's he's going to be good. There's no doubt. He's just feeling his way around, and he's getting better and better. So, yeah. Um, Third yeah. thing is, uh, I'm afraid for uh, for Stewart for uh, the outdoors. I I really don't believe. He's going to have enough time to get fully prepared. And as fast as they're going and as rough as the tracks get, I'm Southern California here at Glen Helen. So uh, that track right there, I've seen it bite people really bad. And I'd hate to see him end his career getting hurt. Mm, Yeah. I I, I don't know if it's going to go well, Dan. I think you're in in my boat, Dan. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean he's had a, a year to get ready, so I'm a little confused on what he's been doing the last year. So, and, and how he's going to get ready in three weeks. Yeah, yeah, he had a year, and, you know, I watched that uh, Chasing the Dream show this weekend. There was a little behind the scenes of, of James and his dad, and his dad's like, that's the best you've ridden all year. And he didn't ride good, you know. So <laughs> coming from his from his father, who's been on his side the whole time, uh, I don't see him doing having a very good summer. Yeah. Um, Joe, you want to fly, fly racing podium bike stand? Oh, you betcha. Oh, my Suzuki would love nothing more than that. Oh, fantastic. All right, Stan, hold. Tits will get your information. Thanks for calling, man. Beautiful. Thanks, Thank you. man. All right, Dan, we got a – despite get not advertising with me at all and actually quote-unquote saying we don't like Steve Mathis um, – Dan, I have a couple calls, questions for you about your get stuff. Uh, first up, right. Mark, what's going on? Welcome to the show. What's your question for Dan? What's going on? I had a couple different questions about sound testing for, like, Supercross and stuff. So, obviously, everybody uses sound maps. Like, that's no real secret now. But why doesn't the AMA do anything about it, necessarily? <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's because it's really hard. I don't know if Dan can answer. It's really hard for... It's really hard for a privateer to get those sound maps and to get them working well, but then you could have a Geico bike or a factory Honda bike come up to sound and the bike goes boop, 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 wide open. I'm guessing like, Obviously, Dan, that's not how it sounds when the race. I'm going to guess Dan, uh, Dan does not know what you're talking about. Dan cannot comment on <laughs> No, I, I mean, I can defend AMA a little bit. It's really hard. There's so many ways around it. You know, back when I was a mechanic years ago, everyone didn't have sound maps because, you know, it was – the beginning of the whole EFI thing. And, I mean, we shove rags in the airbox and all kinds of things, you know, uh, which is what privateers oh. do. And um, oh, yeah. it's, just, it's really hard for the AMA to do anything. You know, first they said, okay, you have to pull the clutch in, and then there's a way around that. And then they're like, you have to put the bike in yep. neutral, and then there's a way around that. So <laughs> the whole sound thing is kind Go. of stupid in my opinion. You know, I mean, there's just – I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean – I've, I mean, I've put three air filters in, ten rags. I've seen somebody, I've seen somebody take a 32 millimeter socket and put it in between the head pipe and the mid pipe and go up there with it. Well, that's a good but move. Like, I like that move. Just, that's good. I, it's not a bad move. It, it actually shot out the second rev. Yeah, it's kind of shot, funny you say that. Shot right, uh, shot right out the exhaust pipe. It passed, and then the AMA guy goes, "What was that?" Hold on, no idea. What, what, was, what was that, Dan? Uh, one time when we were. Uh, Back in the early BTO days, we couldn't pass sound at an outdoor. It was really late in the season, and one of the mechanics on the team took a uh, a ball of uh, like uh, grip wire and put it in the head pipe, and uh, and it did the same thing. It blew out. <laughs> and uh, is I mean, it, and the guy still let us go. He's like, oh, whatever, you know. It's like yeah, two rounds to go, and it's outdoors. Like, why are we even doing sound? I don't even get it. Yeah. But, All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, thanks for the question, Mark. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dave, you got a question for Dan Truman about two strokes? Yeah. What happened to that direct injection thing? I've seen some videos like four or five years ago. Yeah, we, we made it. It was more for a show, and and we want we were asked to make it to see if it could be done, and, and we did it. It would just be so expensive to sell to to the consumer. We never we never made it to sell. Um, oh really? We can do it. It's it's doable, but it's really expensive. You know, especially uh, for most of the two-stroke guys. And uh, to be honest, it's just we would never sell enough of them to make it worth it. What about what about you know uh, you know um, uh, a rights thing to like for the uh, 
factories like Yamaha sell the uh, technology to them, you know, and you get a percentage, you know, on bikes. Yeah, yeah, we work on all that stuff. We work really close. Athena does a lot of. We have a lot of partnerships, especially with KTM and and OEMs, all you know, Yamaha and a lot of OEMs, and and that's something we have looked into. But even on their mm-hmm. end, it's to do that kit you would have to make the two-stroke, you know, a significantly higher price to sell it, and that's why people buy the two-stroke still. It's a cheaper bike and everything else. So um, it just hasn't really worked out for, for anything yet, but I mean, we still have it, and we have all the technology for it. So Okay, I was just curious. Cause I know I saw another video of some guys in Australia some that put uh, put it on a, not yours, but they made their own somehow on a KX500, you know, and they did some testing. It was a pretty cool video, that's all. Yeah, it's just a lot of money in R and D and and engineers and times, and then like yeah. like you said that video, I've seen that video, the KX five hundred, but like who's gonna buy that, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> no one's All right, buy cool. It. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for All calling. Right, man, thanks. All, All right. right, thank you, uh, Dan Truman. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate. It. I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, the series itself, but hey, we had some we had some callers that needed to get through. So, yeah. um, no, I appreciate you having me, uh, Dan Truman, uh, former uh, uh, mechanic and working at Get and Athena. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks. All Take right. care. See ya. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. That's been another episode, and it's been fantastic. Tits? Yes, sir. Great job today. Thank you. Really brought your A game. I appreciate yeah, you. Really, really dug deep today. Yeah, it was pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. You bet. All right. That's it, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Flyracing.com, n-fab.com. See ya.